Hello and welcome to another episode of Freed from Feminism. I'm Beth. I'm Teresa. And today we're going to talk about making the switch from career to stay-at-home mom. Uh, we decided Yay. we wanted, right, a very exciting time, uh, but we wanted to share a little bit of advice that we found that has been helping us. Um, we This episode, we'll talk a lot about transition to motherhood in itself um but if perhaps you already are a mother and you work and you're going to make the transition to stay-at-home mom you will also find some good tips in here absolutely and we're both going through this as we speak like Mm -hmm. so we're not we're definitely not um preaching at you we are kind of going through this process with you so just know that we're feeling feeling the pain and feeling the triumph right along with you. Yep. Uh, And one thing we wanted to let you know, as you've noticed, we're not always the best at getting episodes out on a regular basis. But as you'll find in this episode, this is really why. (laughs) (laughs) Because being wives and mothers are our uh, number one job. And so sometimes there's just not there's just not time or even if there is time we end up choosing to spend the time in a way that's more beneficial to our families and to us so we apologize but we try best we can to get as many episodes out as we can exactly and you know it's um it's not I I know a lot of you guys probably have even podcasts of your own or know people who do and it's it's a little bit of editing and um you know, just behind the scenes work too. So it's, it's a little bit of a, um, it just takes a little bit of time and effort to, you know, think about the episodes, put them out while we absolutely love doing it. It's so fun and so edifying. And we love when we hear from you guys about it too. Like Beth said, it just, um, when we have our husbands and our children to attend to, it's, just about number 12 are on our priority list, even though <laughs> and getting do. babies naps to lie so that we can record it. Yes. <laughs> yes. And for example, it, it's about almost 830 on a random weekday night. And I just found out I'm pregnant again. So my okay. brain is like mush, completely mush. So I apologize for that um, right now. Um, So that's another reason why (laughs) we kind of just kind of push it off. Like one of us will be moving. uh, Another one of us will be moving. Another of us will have pregnancy brain or, you know, just like Beth said, may just not want to do it that night. So anyways, we love all of you. We're very excited that you're listening. Thank you very much for listening as always. And just please bear with us as we um, just kind of go about our lives and give you our thoughts when we can. Yeah. I don't know. Do you want me to go ahead and just kind of kick off the subject here, Beth? Yeah. Um, How about we start talking about the differences, surprises you'll find as you make the switch between career or uh, education, maybe a student to stay at home mom. Yes, yes, it's very different. Um, you know, I have, let's see, three, not even three years of an, of experience in this so far. So all this transition is both fresh as in it's still happening, but also uh, just, you know, the initial transition happened not too long ago. And um, it's it's jarring in a very wonderful way. The career world 
and academia is, as I'm sure you probably already know, it's kind of like a no duh. It is a completely different world. And the transition can be challenging and confusing, but that's that some of that is innate in just what the immensity of the vocation of a wife and a mother. But also, I would say a lot of it is just our societal disdain for the vocation as a whole, um, both for women and for children, but also just for the nuclear family and the traditional family. So, you know, what I would say um, just on the outset is all of it is going to be worth it. Every single moment of confusion and loneliness is worth it, both in the moment and will pay dividends way into the future. And I personally believe that, um, as I'm sure a lot of you have noticed, there are a lot of us going through this right now. People are starting to see the light about feminism and they're going to be choosing other paths. They, they just are. And so our decisions to put our husbands and our children first are not going to be, in my opinion, it could be totally wrong. It's, it's not going to be such a, an outlier, hopefully the near future. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Beth? I, I hope so, but I think that it's going to be, it's, we don't mean to sound so discouraging, but it is, it's like, I guess the best way I can put it, you know, I was so excited to be a mom and a stay-at-home mom and to leave my career, but then it happened and it hits you hard. <laughs> it is, it's yeah. overwhelming, but I mean, like you said, it's, it's so rewarding. Uh, I, um. I'd say I probably work harder and more hours than I ever did in the career world, but it's, it's just, and I think hopefully this episode is useful when we um, get to our tips section to, um, to you as you um, make the transition, because like you said, if more and more women are transitioning there, we're going to need more and more help. Um, One thing I I do want to know as you make this transition, uh, something I noticed was that, you know, we're trained up from a young age for the career world. Uh, you know, this outcome driven culture for rewards and deadlines and in the career world, it's very easy to measure, you know, quantitatively what you've accomplished for the day. You wrote this many reports, you've seen this many patients and, um, you know, motherhood babies, not like that. Babies don't follow right. these rules. Uh, for me personally, I'll share that uh, I came from process engineering, which is essentially where you set all these parameters and you make all these constants and then you get the same product at the end. And so if anything's different, like like if you're making a recipe, uh, if you have the same exact amount of ingredients, the same ingredients cooked for the exact same amount of time, you're always going to end up with, you know, a delicious treat at the end. But <laughs> if you, for some reason, added too much flour, you know, you're going to it's going to be a little dry. Um, well, I kind of thought not like really thought, but it's it was in my mind. I was trained for this for, you know, for years, this was my training. And suddenly I had this small baby who I was like, 
I'm going to set everything constant. I have this exact wake window with this <laughs> feed yeah. of this much and all this. And I expect it. Okay. The baby's going to go to sleep now. I've done everything <laughs> perfectly. And then the baby would not sleep. So, and I, you know, right. It's, it's funny at the moment. I was like, why aren't you sleeping? But <laughs> I say that because it's in our mindset. We've been trained up. So it's very hard to sort of, as we always say, detox from feminism, but to detox yourself from this and sort of become a little bit more easygoing. I thought I was a pretty easygoing person, but I've learned you really do have to just take a step back when it comes to young children and babies and just be like, you know, this is just how it is. It's okay. Yeah. Baby just doesn't want to sleep right now. You will survive. Yes. It's going to be okay. <laughs> yes. I'm still having to learn that like every single day and every single, every single day, it's a new little thing of dying to yourself. That, yep. that to me, I wasn't an engineer, but I was uh, just very self-centered really, because again, that's what our culture teaches of. I can do whatever I want at any time I want forever for however long I want, you know, under the parameters I want. You know, and so that even if you know it intellectually before you get married and before you have children, it's just a new it's a new experience when it actually happens. Mm -hmm. <laughs> when you get, you know, the fourth wake up of a, a newborn child during, you know, the third or fourth or fifth or twelfth week and or, or even like you said, the, the naps don't come or, or, or you're terrified about doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it's every single day. It's a, it's an opportunity to die to yourself and to give yourself fully over to our lady really, because there are, there have been <laughs> so many moments where I have just had to say, um, our lady, you're, you're going to have to just take over. I, I don't know what I'm doing. Just really just please, please handle this because I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. Yep. I think that's why motherhood, one of the things with the being uh, a mother is it's a path to holiness because, you know, yeah. I really don't want to have to get up for the fifth time in the middle of the night you know, <laughs> to yeah. try to figure it out. And like we said, we're in this right now. It's, it's difficult. Um, you know, not only cause your minds are so set on that you know, career world and the thing should be this way and, and such, but just, just dying to yourself as you do that. It's, it's hard. <laughs> it is, it is. It's, again, it's incredibly rewarding. Mm -hmm. Even, even then, like, especially that first time when, you know, maybe the process engineering works mm -hmm. <laughs> for one or two times. And you're like, <gasps> my baby did sleep 12 hours the other night for like the first time. What? And I was, was nice. celebratory. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it, even in the moment, you know, what you're doing is incredibly important. Mm -hmm. It's frustrating and it's challenging, but you know that this sweet little soul created by God for you to take care of and nourish and nurture and point back to him 
this is your purpose in life besides being a wife, besides being the other half of your husband. This is your purpose. It's, it's more profound than I can even express. And, you know, if you're a wife and a mother, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yep. And it really does make it all worth it when the baby giggles. <laughs> oh, I know. Those little baby giggles. It's just like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I was upset that you weren't going to sleep. You're so I cute. <laughs> I know. Ugh. I okay. know. Uh, so with all that, it's, it's, it's almost surprising to me, but there is so much judgment in motherhood. Even in today where we're so divorced from children in this culture. We really are. Most people have a few kids and they can have more, but then they just choose, no, I'm just going to have this couple. So as we grow up and around us, we're so separated from children, especially babies that we just don't, honestly, most, most women, and this might be you listening. You just, you don't know how to take care of a baby. And it's not, it's not like, how dare you not know? I, I thought I knew a little bit more, but I really didn't. Even, you know, I, I did some research and stuff. But the judgment from other mothers is is overwhelming. There's always this, and it's, you know, you, you're trying to find advice because you don't know. And then you go online and you see people saying, you no. have to do it this way. Or you're the worst oh, mother yeah. ever. You're so yes, selfish. You're killing your child. Yeah, any other thing that you could do. It is just this was so surprising to me. And it was it was very difficult for me to get over some of this. There were so many things I wanted to do and I was I was dedicated to it. I said, I'm going to do these things and I didn't do them. I couldn't do them. I tried and it just didn't work. And I tell myself now, you know, after I process all of it emotionally, like there's there's possibly more children in the future. I could try again, but I had to sort of divorce myself from all that judgment because in the end, every baby is different. They really are. You can see their personalities even from such a young age and you got to do what's best for your family. That sounds so cliche, but you know, even if your cousin told you, oh, I did this thing for my three children and it worked like a charm and you're trying it and you're trying it and it's not working and you end up doing something different. Don't beat yourself up because you didn't it didn't go as yeah. planned for you. You know, yeah. you're you're loving your child. You're getting your child fed. You are um, helping your child to rest and to play in whatever way that works. <laughs> Some of these yeah. things. Sound, it sounds like such a monumental decision, every little thing when you're holding this tiny little baby in your arms. But in the end, these are such small things in their lives. Not to under like to downplay some of the choices you have to make, but they, they really kind of are some of these things that people debate over. What are your thoughts? It, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it was so overwhelming to me um, at when I even found out I was pregnant at first that I, I was so scared of that. I literally completely removed myself from it. I, I didn't, I didn't even Google anything when we needed something to Google. I asked my husband to do it because I was (laughs) so scared of it because it is so 
intense, vitriolic, and hateful. Mm. I mean, just mention the term breastfeeding in a room, an e-room of mothers, and heaven forbid you do that because it is like all of the cat fights you've seen on all the cheesy movies that I can mention. Like it's, <laughs> it's just, it's just terrible. And then you walk away from that, you know, online, whatever website chat, whatever feeling like you are a worthless person because mm-hmm. you did not breastfeed until they were two and a half or you did not breastfeed at all, or you, you know, name, name your issue. It's everything. It's from uh, a hospital birth versus an at-home birth, or sleep training, education, nutrition. Name your subject. You can find it online. And one of the pieces of advice my mom gave me at the very beginning is she said, just find a way so you can be a happy mother. Mm-hmm. And I thought about that because it sounds, it sounds strange at first. You're like, well, I don't matter. Like it's all about the child. But after reflecting on it, I thought it was actually really sage because like you mentioned, Beth, a lot of these, what we think are like incredibly important decisions at the moment, like what type of mashed food to feed your Mm -hmm. baby for the first time and when to feed him, you know, it's not that big of a deal. It really isn't. Mm -hmm. And so it's much more important to just as, as much as possible, take what good advice you get and just disregard the rest talk with your husband include him on everything that's what my husband and I do it's not a one person show that's the that's a beauty of the catholic vocation of marriage is that you are not alone you are not alone you have your partner right there to go through this with you to pray with you to you know get up in the middle of the night with you i mean it is such a beautiful thing. So include him on everything. Mm -hmm. And my only piece of advice, because I'm not going to be one of those 50,000 mothers who are, you know, will give you (laughs) advice that you feel guilty about. I one, one thing I will swear by is stay offline about it. Just don't do it. That sounds crazy because everything we do now is online. Our friends are online. We Google everything. Mm-hmm. We watch TV online. We work online. But trust me, just trust me. When it comes to things that are not incredibly important about your child, just go with your gut. Ask your mother if if you are unsure about it. Or, uh, you know, if, if your mom doesn't know someone, someone who you trust, but the vitriol online is just not worth putting in your brain. Mm -hmm. Uh, One thing I I do want to add to is that some of these, we call them choices that you make are not simply just a choice that you make, but there's so much work that goes into them that I think this is something I didn't understand either, like Okay, I'll give a scenario that you maybe you wanted to have a natural birth and you didn't want an epidural 
and you're in the middle of the birth and you are trying to do everything that you read up on and studied to alleviate the pain without the epidural and you end up caving or maybe there's an emergency or something and you end up getting an epidural. It wasn't just a choice not to. There was so much work into it. Even if you didn't end up the way that you wanted to, everything's going to be okay. You know, you're going to have a healthy baby, hopefully in that scenario, you know, and Mm -hmm. we get so into these. I think that was just something I didn't understand. I was like, oh, I'm willing to put in the work for it. But it's just not. No, it doesn't work that that. way. It's It's not. not. People make it seem as simple Mm -hmm. as that, but it's not. You simply it's just not. have to choose to do these things, mm-hmm. and and it's not. Um, I thought there was maybe one more point I was going to add, but now I can't remember. <laughs> well, actually, one more thing I will add too. We're just going to just keep adding on, and that's going to okay. be the entire show. <laughs> okay. Like, <laughs> oh, one more add on. One more add. Um, a lot of this I've I've noticed since finding out I was going to have a girl for the first time. I've realized how toxic our relationships are as women nowadays. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure we can blame it fully on feminism because I think um, jealousy and competition is fairly natural just to the human person after the fall. Mm-hmm. But I think it feminism has it expounded it on a, on an exponential level, obviously, but of just the competition between women getting them to hate each other and to compete with, compete with everyone on everything. Even if, if, even if you're making a cognizant effort not to, you still are doing it. Like, Mm -hmm. isn't, isn't it a truism to say that women dress for women, not for men in general? Mm -hmm. That's true. That I definitely understand that because you, I mean, you, you want to look cute when you go out, but as, when you're, especially when you're married, you're just like, why am I lo- wanting to look cute? Yep. <laughs> and it's, it's definitely not to attract another man, but you want to look cute. So you impress other women. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds horribly shallow, but raise your hand if it's true. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I think, I think, you know, again, it's, it's going against her, are almost our hardwired natures at this point, but I personally am going to do everything I humanly possibly can to instill in my daughter that competition is toxic. You should never compare yourself to someone else in everything, including motherhood and including being a wife. Each situation, like you said earlier, each situation is different. Each baby is different. Each marriage is different. Every year is different. Every moment of the same child is different. We are yeah. all at different stages and in, in both our spiritual, physical, developmental lives. So we can't do that to ourselves because we are doing it to ourselves. And it's, it's, it's too much. God did not ever intend us to think that way about ourselves. So, end rant. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that had reminded me what I was going to say. It, it goes into it very well about how, you know, you're saying women are so competitive nowadays. In other cultures or even, you know, back in the day, women were having children. It was the way of life. That's just what you did. 
So there were all these other women around to help each other, to do these things, to teach each other about taking care of children, to help each other when we needed it. We don't have that nowadays. It's sad, but when you have a baby, it's just, it really is just you and your husband, but hopefully your husband gets a good paternity leave and, you know, we love them dearly, but they, they are not going to understand some of the things that it takes for a mother with her baby, you know? And so now you're alone and, you know, you love your family and friends, but most of the time when you just, you have a baby, you're going to hear things like, when can we see the baby? The baby. Can I come hold the baby? And you'll love the baby, and it, but we've forgotten about the mothers. <laughs> so it is some of these things. I think honestly, a lot of these decisions were not even really decisions back in the day because you just had all this support. <laughs> we've lost that support. Um, we've nowadays. lost our Catholic culture. Yep. We've lost, we've lost this culture of women helping other women, teaching other women. Um, and now you're, you're basically alone, but you try and some of this is sort of resurging because you do get a lot of encouragement still. Um, I, I was online. I, I was selective of where I was online because I agree with you. It's, I had to be careful because I would find things and then I'd feel really sad. So, yeah. <laughs> but even so it was, it was nice. I did find some support online. Um, but some other things, they cost money. Okay. You know, before yeah. all this was just there and now you got to spend money to go see the physical therapist or the speech therapist or the lactation consultant or whatever it is mm-hmm. that you're going to go see, um, and take that class. Um, but yeah, so that's just my last point on that is that if only I think it would have been easier, easier in some ways, not easier in other ways to give birth like a hundred years ago, but well, that that's kind of my first point. I made is because a lot of this can sound like, well, what do you do? Like, what do you do? How can we fix this problem? And obviously the answer is we can't fix it. God is going to fix it. Our lady is going to have to fix it. But I think how we can maybe help is how a couple of, um, and again, I'm going to contradict my own advice and say people online um, (laughs) are creating very um, orthodox Catholic communities online online for mothers and wives who want to create a Catholic culture in their home. Mm -hmm. And if we can try to do that within our own home and kind of um, connect with these other mothers or maybe not mothers or just um, those of us who want to be part of a Catholic culture, single women, um, widows, whomever, who have an interest in this and who have experience in it, I think we could, ha- you know, regain maybe even just a semblance of that because there are, they're very hard to find, but there are a couple of um, places, a couple of authors that we mention all the time on the show, I'll mention again. One is Lila Lawler. She has an incredible blog um, called Like Mother, Like Daughter that she, I think she's the main writer or was the main writer of it. um, And all of her sisters, excuse me, 
all of her daughters also contribute to it. And it is a wonderful resource if you want to live liturgically, create that Catholic culture in your home. And also Dr. Carrie Gress just came out with two books um, called Theology of Home, uh, Theology of Home 1 and 2. And the goal of uh, those books is to show you how you can create this, this Catholic culture, because it can't just be how it has been in the past of, you know, sending your kids to CCD, expecting them to get all their moral training there. And then just, you know, they'll be Catholic. I'm sure they will. No, we have to, <laughs> we have to start from scratch and we have to mm-hmm. um, do it how our Catholic ancestors did it or find out how they did it. So Teresa, as we mention all this, why the people might say, well, you seem to be judging other women about whether or not they choose to stay home or go to work. So why is the choice to stay home different than any other choice that you have to make in motherhood? Well, actually, Beth, I'm interested in what you think about this first, and maybe I'll just add on to it. So here we are talking about all these choices you make in motherhood and how not to judge other women. So why is the choice to stay at home different than any other choice in motherhood? Because we typically talk on this podcast how women should choose to stay at home as mothers uh, and that they shouldn't go to work if at all possible. So why are we being you could say maybe we're being more judgmental. But when it comes down to it, the choice to stay home is a monumentous decision. Because if you choose to go to work instead of stay home after the normal maternity leave, which is only 12 weeks, which is tragic that a woman would have to leave a baby so small at that time and go to work, there's so many hours, so many days, so many years of your child's life that you will not be there for. And that sounds harsh, but that is the reality of going to work. So we encourage women to stay home because we understand how much of an impact that is. And some may argue that some of the other choices you make in motherhood are just as big. But I have to say this is probably the largest one. And I think a lot of the reasons why women say, well, it's better for my family if, you know, the mom goes to work in that family is because we've lost support for mothers who stay home. And there is a lot of, it is difficult. It's overwhelming. Um, and we'll talk a lot about more about the struggles of being uh, a stay-at-home mom, but you could be lonely. You could be uh, maybe bored a little bit, or you miss that regular routine of getting up and going to work and interacting with people and, I'm not saying that that um, that the moms who struggle with this and end up choosing to go back to work or, you know, how dare they? It's more of I recognize that because I've experienced some of those feelings myself of the struggle of staying at home. But I think that some of those things can be alleviated by other methods than going to work and that some of those things are just part of the cross that you have to carry 
about being a mother. Like that sounds bad. Like, oh, being a mother is a cross, which it's a joyous time. But there are struggles that are just inherent to motherhood that you just can't avoid. And by going to work, you're it, it sounds so bad when you say it, but you're sort of avoiding some of it and maybe even creating more problems because you go to work and then your kids are in daycare or they're with somebody else. And the transition, it's hard on children to transition back to being at home. And it's going to be chaotic when you come home and you got to get everything done and everybody down to bed and then you got to do it all over again. There is a lot. It's a lot. And so maybe there are mothers out there who say, no, you got to do what's best for your family and think honestly that going to work is best. But from what we've seen and from what we read, you can find other ways to make staying at home better, I guess you could say for you, or more to, to, to fight those struggles you have. And it's ultimately just a huge impact it's going to make on your child to just be there when they need them all day. And that's the what key do you think? to me right there. That's the key. I think the decision to stay at home is a little bit like the pro-choice, pro-life argument. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a argument based on the self. Do I want this child? Do I want the responsibility? Do I want etc. Instead of this is a human life. This is a human soul created by God, the almighty for my protection, nurturing and loving. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I hope people don't think that we're judgmental about that. Cause if you, if you knew Beth and I, we love each and every one of you. We um, pray that our podcast can um, be a blessing to you, but there are realities in the world. And to me, that, that is a, that is the reality of children need a father and a mother mm-hmm. and specifically a mother there for, for their, their life. I mean, obviously the, the time and effort peters out as they get older, but for those first four years, and I'm not just talking up until age three or four or five, but I'm talking about until 18, really. A, a child without its mother is, is just like a ship without a rudder or a, um, this is, this is pregnancy brain again. I'll just remind everyone. I apologize. <laughs> you can probably get where yep. I'm going there. And even but... I, I, I'll add to where you're saying there that even though, yes, a working mom is still the mom to her children, they may say, but the hours, the hours and days and years, as we mentioned, that you aren't the one to respond to your child's cries. You aren't the one to answer their questions or see them do something for the first time or to learn and explore. You just aren't. That's just the reality of if you're at work, you're at work. You're not there. Yeah. And just side note really quickly, we, when we talk about these things, we are talking about people who have the choice to do all this. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm going like, <laughs> that is so important. If you are a widow and have to work, we are failing you yes. because you have to work. Yeah. We as a society are failing you. You have no burden. You should have no burden 
at all to take care of your children. We should be taking care of you. If you have, or, or, you know, if your husband is, is ill or injured or whatever, again, we are not talking about you. We are, we are talking about women who have the choice and just trying to encourage them that this is a possibility. This is a very real possibility, even though it may be uncomfortable at first. Um, it's so vitally important and so incredibly worth it. Mm-hmm. So as we mentioned, um, that there are many struggles to motherhood in as you make that transition. Some of the ones that we that I had thought of are loneliness, uh, maybe a little bit of boredom, the judgment we mentioned, uh, lack of instant reward that you get. Uh, you know, maybe in a career you you do something and your boss says, "Hey, good job." You're usually not going to get a good job from the baby. <laughs> um, there might be a misunderstanding of how much work that there is to be a mother and how important it is in, especially from the society. Uh, people expect a certain amount of things to be done. Uh, they may expect that you, they, okay, I'll put it this way. Maybe somebody says to you, Hey, what do you do all day? And you say, I take care of the baby. And they say, is that it? <laughs> because it, you can't quantify all the stuff you're really doing in the day for the baby. But it's a lot of work and then add more children in it and it gets to be even more work. Uh, but this work that you're doing is it's good work. Uh, I actually talked to a mom at church the other day. It was super encouraging. She had she has 10 children. And she was talking to me about making me making the switch to stay at home mom. And I was like, I pretty much just sit on the ground a lot and play with him. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if other parents sit on the ground this much. I always tell my husband this. I don't know if other parents do. But I said, that's what I, it's just, and she says, you know, it's a beautiful thing. It's so important because she says it makes a big difference when you're right there for your child when your child needs it. And that's totally fine. It's totally fine to just sit and play with your baby. Uh, we're not saying that, like, don't get anything done. Uh, you have to learn to be strategic about when you when there are things that need to be done, you're able to get them done and still meet your baby's needs. Um, but this is a struggle. It feels like you're doing nothing at times, but you're doing so much, even if all you're doing is sitting there and swinging the teething rings around for the baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, some other things that you might struggle with is uh, – People focusing more on the baby than you, uh, you sort of feel like maybe you've lost your identity, uh, maybe the freedom and the time to yourself, uh, not being able to, as you sort of mentioned, this uh, me whenever kind of thing. I, you know, I've learned that you just I can't just go take a nap when I want to take a nap or <laughs> you right. go take a shower when you want to. You got to it, it all revolves around your children. Um, so these are all different things that you might face, uh, but we will give you some tips. Is there anything else that you can think of? Yeah, I'm going to be the um, person that just constantly points back to feminism for everything. Yeah, be that that just, you know, that robot that does that. Um, <laughs> because to me, all this points back exactly and is a tr- 
attributable to feminism. I don't believe it was supposed to be this hard for and and again, Beth and I are are mothers of very young mm-hmm. children, like babies. So we're in the throes of, you know, learning this for the first time and and um, doing the toddler baby thing. So I think a lot of seasoned mothers out there will say it does get easier. Mm-hmm. So I think it's um, a good I point. That, that's that's a wonderful thing. And that's good to know, um, you know, when they can walk and talk and feed themselves sometimes that that will be nice. But but. I think a lot of what you just said is attributable to feminism because when we as a culture denigrate the vocation of wife and mother and then extricate the woman, the heart of the family from the home and the children and the husband, there will be consequences for that. Women who choose to fill um, their vocation as wife and mother at home are now isolated from everyone else in society like and as you mentioned earlier we do things that the the success or failure of which will never be tangible really you know unless our children turn out to be murderers or (laughs) saints you know (laughs) like it's 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 you're you're left to feel with um you're left to grapple with feelings of unproductiveness because mm-hmm. that's what we are measured by in our American society. You know, you are worth what you um, can contribute to society, basically. As Karl Marx actually said, we're starting to function more like robots instead of fe- like female feminine humans. <laughs> and so, like I said earlier, we're kind of starting from scratch. We're trying to attempt to create a Catholic culture in our home. It's a very sad world that we live in right now, but, 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 I truly believe that we are on the cusp of something because I have never seen in my life, again, I'm going to contradict my advice totally by mentioning my online presence, but (laughs) that's okay because I cannot tell you how many I would venture to guess the people who listen to our show are younger than Beth and I and Beth is younger than I am but I mean the people who we hear from are like younger than 25 some of them are younger than 21 that is incredible like Mm -hmm. think about that that means the people the ladies who are graduating high school are thinking about these things and choosing not to do them. That is mind blowing Mm -hmm. in this society. That is mind blowing. And that is so exciting because we may have in very short order, a mini Renaissance of traditional Catholic families sprouting up. And I, I I think um, that is an incredible, wonderful thing. And that's actually quite exciting to me. Yes. Um, so I don't lose right. hope. Yes. <laughs> um, one of these things, too, the sort of unproductiveness is that we've sort of forgotten how much work young children are, specifically young children. Like you said, once they get older, they can sort of take care of themselves a bit more. 
but very young children, you can't just go and work for an hour while your kid plays. You just can't. They need you. You have to learn to sort of, you know, give them the attention every few minutes. Um, like I said, not such that nothing gets done, but for example, maybe I'm, I'm washing the dishes or something and I try to finish the few dishes I'm working on and maybe my baby's protesting in the background. Um, <laughs> I, I encourage and I say, it's okay. I know it's sad. Mom has to wash the dishes. And <laughs> then, you know, I, I finish up what I'm doing and then I, you know, I go over and I say, oh, hey, let's play. Uh, so it you can't really be productive in the society sense as much with a young child. I, I don't know, some women, maybe they work, make it work or certain babies or something to be a little bit more productive at home. Most often they have more help, like there's somebody else there to, to watch the baby. But we've just forgotten how much work it is and how much they need us at that young age. They expect to see Absolutely. you every, especially the really young ones. And they get more independent as they get to the toddler years. But it's every, you know couple minutes they want to see you looking at them and smiling at them you know but to me I agree with all that but to me we shouldn't even be measured by production oh no to me that yeah. is such yeah. a utilitarian way of looking specifically at women of of humans <laughs> as a general rule but specifically of women because all of our our attributes and characteristics and virtues are all intangible mm-hmm like, I say it, yeah. Um, I just say it because I've, I've heard sort of this, like, well, what else are you doing kind of thing. Oh, I know. <laughs> because, it's, you know, so, it's that. Uh, they're measuring us by that. And you're, you shouldn't. They should say, oh, you're taking care of a baby. That's a lot of work. But that's just yeah. not the, the narrative we hear. Exactly. So how about we get into some tips, actually, now that we've talked about all of this. What tips do we have to make that change, to face all of the things that we've mentioned? Well, let's see. Um, I have lots. I think I you list so many good ones in your part of this that I'm not even going to touch it. I'm just going okay. to <laughs> talk about, I guess I will talk a little bit again about the intangible things like humility. <laughs> there is nothing like the humility that comes with motherhood to inspire us to be more intentional about becoming a better person. That sounds kind of in the air, non, non-practical, but it is actually because at least in my spiritual life, I have learned how in the deficit I am of so many of our ladies' virtues. So um, in the hopes that taking the spiritual life into the practical or it will flow down from that, I have kind of uh, cognizantly tried to take each new year by working on a specific virtue of our lady. Humility, um, meekness, etc., and that has been really wonderful because she will keep it on your mind. <laughs> you know, if if your goal is to work on humility for a year, um, there will be situations in which you will um, it will be difficult to demonstrate that you have any humility whatsoever. But um, <laughs> it's it's uh, it's been really really helpful and uh, fruitful for me. 
on the more practical side, I, I think, and I think Beth, you're going to mention this, keeping a schedule is so helpful. And that sounds kind of uh, counterintuitive when you're a stay-at-home wife and mother, because, you know, my former self would have been like, what do you need to plan? Like, <laughs> like uh, you know, it would have been a very silly and uh, ignorant question, but um, some of you may have it. And so let me tell you, there is a lot to schedule and it really helps you to be intentional in organizing your thoughts and your actions and your intended actions and just reminders for the day. It's really been really helpful. Yeah. And, you know, we've like we've talked about this entire episode, we've kind of lost the art of being a woman and there's so much profound beauty in it. I think we, we should just try to kind of um, go back to being um, accomplished ladies. Like, you know, when we do have a nap time when we're not exhausted and we don't take a nap ourselves, why don't we learn how to cook? Really cook, not just like oh, I have five recipes that I can do, which is, you know, basically me. But I, <laughs> I'm i trying to better my, my cookery. Or another thing that I would love to do is learn, learn how to organize properly. You know, mm -hmm. I can do a few rooms really well, but my entire house, mm, there are definitely closets you don't ever want to open. <laughs> or drawers where you never want to open. So that would be nice. Learn how to properly clean uh, if we have mm. to. Um, learn how to dance, write poetry, play the piano, paint, read books. And one of, one of the things that I've been dying to learn for ages, and it doesn't seem like um, anyone has any resources on it, is learn etiquette. I oh, actually, I have a book on that. <laughs> Do you really? Yeah, I also got it for me. <laughs> oh, my word. How cool. What is the name of it? Do you know? Oh, it's like the Academy of Domestic Pursuits or something like that. Ooh. I'll look it up. <laughs> I'll let you know. Oh, my word. And it has, That's like, really recipes. Cool. Yeah, it's very, like, proper Southern. I liked it, but it is a little too, like, unattainable in some things they were like the countertops look better with no appliances on them and I was like I would agree <laughs> but I also like to use this appliance every day multiple times a day so I'm not gonna put that away it's gonna look cluttered so but anyway so nice to know those etiquette things or um just to be like a proper lady like you said it's, it's very old-fashioned but it's old-fashioned but it's also super cool because I found that like the more traditional woman I try to become, the more enjoyable it is. Oh, yeah. That And when you take that and, you know, and compare it with the spiritual life, trying to edify yourself and become more virtuous. I mean, that's what it's all about right there. You know, it's it's actually really fun. Anyways, what do you so what are your practical tips? You're always really good at the practical stuff. So tell me <laughs> what what are the tips you have? So these are the tips, as like we said, we're young mothers, but this, these are things that I found have been working for me so far. One, as you said, having a routine or a schedule is has been everything for me. It's been better. The baby is happier. 
<laughs> I am happier. I am more accomplished. I, I feel more accomplished during the day because everything is structured. We're so used to structures in our lives. And I say this more as a, just a, a general idea. You don't, it's not a set in stone. You have to do this at every time. You know, maybe your baby's having a really rough day and you don't get as much accomplished, but just having a general outline is, um, very, very helpful. Uh, one other thing, getting involved with other mothers. This is something I'm actively trying to do right now and it's difficult. I just moved. So I'm in a new place and I'm trying to reach out to other people. I found apps and stuff that reach out, um, done things where I'll, I'll find Facebook groups or things and try to see if anybody wants to hang out I'm working on it. I am a bit introverted, so it's hard to motivate myself to go out and meet these other women. But every time I have met another mother, it's been, it's just so it it's encouraging. I should say it that way. It's very encouraging to know that they're there and it's just nice to go see other people. <laughs> you love your baby, but sometimes it's just really nice to go out. Um, Listening to podcasts or audiobooks throughout your day uh, can help sort of, you know, keep your day going, make you feel oh, a little yeah. bit more connected. Uh, you can I do that I mean, you really time. educate yourself with some of the stuff out there nowadays. You could, you know, basically get a degree just by listening to podcasts totally. while you're playing with your baby. Oh, um, yeah. Having hobbies, I've heard, is really helpful for some women. I haven't really gotten into anything myself, but I've heard that. This is just really nice. I mean, even if it is something like um, having an Etsy shop or something, this really helps women sort of feel more like themselves. Although I would encourage to try to stay away from things that have deadlines because um, I know a lot of women are think, oh, I'll just work part time and then I can make an income, too. This will be great. But, you know, you never know with kids how things are going to go. And to have that looming over you that, oh, no, I got to submit this by 9 p.m. or whatever it is, yeah. it's just mm -hmm. going to bother you all day. Um, it's a buzzkill. Yep. So that um, and then again on the schedules, a scheduling in things that make you feel better, um, but then also chores. So examples could be maybe during your baby's second nap on Wednesdays, you, you know, clean the toilets, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, you know, and maybe your baby's first nap on Monday is when you spend time doing that hobby or the first 30 minutes after baby goes to bed, you get 30 minutes to yourself to go do shower and relax or do whatever it is that makes you feel uh, more you. Uh, these are helpful things for me. I'm not always the best at them, but <laughs> trying to get that schedule. I will make the note that if your baby, if you just had a baby, it, you're, it's, this is just schedules are extremely difficult. So as your baby gets older, fitting these things in, in those first few months, just getting things done as you need to. Uh, I found that it, at least for me, it was very difficult to keep to any sort of schedule per se. Oh, yeah. Uh, when the baby was that young. Oh, and then if if all of this is overwhelming and you're doing everything and you still need some help, uh, talk to your family and friends. Talk to your husband. Um, let him know how you're feeling. For some women, they'll find that uh, some of this brings up issues maybe in their life or from their childhood, um, that they, they do need to go talk to somebody. That's okay. Uh, this is just, it's all very overwhelming, but it's just 
you know, these are just little things I found. I'm still really struggling myself with some of them. But as we can say, we sound so, you know, like disappointing in this episode. And so (laughs) Debbie Downer's over here with the struggles. But it's just it is so rewarding at the same time. Even if, yeah. you know, there are moments that are, are difficult, so, uh, but it's just, it is, I'll say it again, those baby giggles are what get me. Yeah. <laughs> Melt your heart. Um, yeah. When your more, baby walks over and gives you a hug oh, spontaneously I love for the first time, <laughs> I mean, you will walk through fire to have that again. Like, <laughs> it's... It's incredible. Mina started the hugs, and I'm just like, oh, you want a hug? Okay. <laughs> Keep hugging me. <laughs> oh, um, one final note before we wrap up the episode here is with all of this, it's extremely important to get your husband, I want to say on board, but hopefully, I, I think a lot of our listeners, their husbands or fiancés and such, are on board or they're looking for men um, who are on board for uh, having their wife stay at home. But even if he's on board, it can be a bit of a shock to him too, as it might be a shock to you to make this transition. So, you know, be patient with him and understanding if perhaps maybe he's a very uh, choleric person, very scheduled person, and he's influenced by society to see a little bit more productivity at home um, for some, it might just be uh, maybe they need to, like I mentioned the book before, Being There by Erica Komazar, um, for kids who are under three and how important it is for a mom to be there and all the work she's doing. Uh, maybe he just needs to stay home with the baby one day and see how much work it is. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Maybe you just talk to him about your feelings. Um, I only mention this because uh, not to be like, oh, you know, maybe your husband just doesn't understand or anything, but just in case to know that your husband's making this transition too, uh, that, you know, just to talk with him about it and share with him about what you're doing all day and he will see the benefits in your child. Um, I know that. So is there anything else that you have to add, Teresa? Goodness. You know, I'll just put in a pitch again at the very end. All of this is going to be worth it. It it already is, but it's going to be even more worth it, both on a practical, tangible level and on a spiritual level. When your son decides to be a priest in 20 years or when your daughter is walking down the aisle to the most amazing Catholic man in the history of the world, you know, it's all of these things are going to be worth it. Ask your mom, you know, ask your mom if all of it was worth it. Cause I can guarantee you that she will say yes, but probably are you crazy? It's amazing. <laughs> it's just uh, the most wonderful job in the world. All right. Well, with that, thank you for listening. You can follow us on Twitter at at freed feminism. We've been off Twitter a little bit during Lent, but we will be back. Uh, You can send us an email with any questions, uh, freedfromfeminism at gmail.com. 
even if maybe you're making this transition and you do want a little advice and you don't know who to turn to, you can turn to us. Yes, <laughs> um, please Anything do. we didn't answer, um, please do not hesitate to, to reach out for us. Uh, we would love to help you. Absolutely. Well said. All right. Well, thank you for listening, everyone.